Hello and welcome to the Family Bookshelf. I am Nick the Game Sling Dad and Ruth is my wife Amber of AmbitionsForChrist.com. Uh, so I have for us three books today, two that I kind of enjoyed and one that I would tell you to skip. Uh, I'm going back, well I'm not simply going back to things I've read a long time ago, more of an interest I had a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> thriller books or action adventure books, you know, those kind of things. I read a ton of them in high school. Uh, eventually, sometime, I'll have to do an episode about the Clive Custer series. You know, I liked those. If I haven't already, I honestly don't remember if I have at this point in time. Uh, my brain's gone. <laughs> Sorry, <Right>? folks. <laughs> so these are action-adventure books that I figured I'd stick with today. Uh, pretty popular genre stuff. You get a lot of checked out from the library. Mm -hmm. And so these are ones that are generally liked. The first one I had that uh, I liked a lot it was called The Book of the Dead uh, by Douglas Preston. It's actually in a series by uh, Agent Pendergrast is his name and this was actually the last in the series i did not realize it was the last in the series when i picked it up so that always kind of helps a book get bumped a little bit uh, <laughs> but i always thought age i thought Pe agent pendergrass was a lot of fun uh he's very smart uh you know he solves his uh solves his mysteries they're not really mysteries of course they're thrillers uh, the difference being that you know who the bad guy is uh and also typically that the the crime is a much larger scale thing they're going right. to do a much larger deal than a single bank heist or a single murder or something along those lines. That's how we at least differentiate, differentiate between the two in the library. I guess I never realized that. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I just learned something. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard to differentiate because honestly, you could take just about any writing and ultimately make it a mystery. So you really have to differentiate sometimes or else everything right. would just be lumped into mystery. <laughs> okay. And that's why mystery that's is by far and away the largest section of our library. But anyway, uh, the Book of the Dead. Uh, so it's Pentagrass. It's... Um, it's a little hackneyed, a little stereotypical. He's fighting his, you know, evil twin brother. You know, mm. <laughs> it's got, you know, a little silliness with how his plot is. This evil twin brother has somehow figured out a way to make a light show that will, like, instantly kill people and drive them crazy. And it's like, this is this is so James Bondish, you know, <laughs> silly and ridiculous. It's not even, you know, <laughs> it, it's not, it, but I think I think it wears that on its sleeve. Um, if it's one of those things where, like, you kind of go into it knowing it's going to be a little, like, on, yeah, like you said, on the sleeve or something, or just a little on, like, so on the nose that you just know what's going to happen in some way. Sure. But it's also fun because that's just, you can let your imagination go and enjoy right. it too. You know, and there's still a reason James Bond is still a bankable character. And oh, this, yeah. And this stuff is still very popular because it's fun to read these stories, even if it is a little, like I said, hackneyed or overplayed or, or stuff we've all seen before a million times. And, and you oh, know yeah. exactly how it comes out. I mean, this is not a surprise to I you. I can't tease you about it because, I mean, Jane Austen is the same way. And sure. why you don't like Jane Austen, you. You know, the same exact thing of, like, we know exactly what's going to happen yeah. by the end of this book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you've read one of these, you've read all of them. You have Carlos right. Custer, James Patterson, uh, you know, Craig Johnson. They all They're, have the same. You're going to hit the same, you know, the same notes here. Same the bad guys, You know, yeah, the <laughs> bad points. guy has this unstoppable plan. This guy sweeps in, and, you know, and outthinks him and, of course, <laughs> solves the mystery and, and, and wins the day. The, day. <laughs> the bad guy's going to get away, or does he, or does he? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it just kind of... It's, but it's something you can definitely turn your brain to a neutral position and just allow it to wash over you and have fun with. Right. And you I can jump into the, like that main characters and really just be that character yeah. in your mind and have fun solving this. You know. Sure. And I, and I found it fun because especially when I, ugh, on the couple occasions, I do pick up like a James Patterson novel. And I, I am not a James Patterson fan if you can't pick up on that. James Patterson. <laughs> really? <laughs> James Patterson novels are basically Mad Libs where he takes the same story and just changes character names. Um, those are so 
hackneyed and so trite they make me mad and that's why he's able to publish like three a month and I, i'm not kidding you because i have to buy them all for the library because <laughs> they, they're the only things to get checked out it whole different conversation there you know this was better than that <laughs> this was better than that i just find um i, I found him humorous i found pendergast interesting uh, he was someone i definitely would go back and read another one of his stories if i want that time to just go back again put my mm -hmm. brain into neutral and just allow it to have fun and just yeah. be what it is as opposed to trying to be something that it's not oh yeah you know, i wasn't trying to get a message from it wasn't trying to learn a lesson any of that nonsense so the that's um, The Book of the Dead by Douglas Preston. I think it's definitely worth a look. Uh, the next one I have, uh, it's called Hostage by Claire McIntosh. Uh, this book, I'm probably going to give it higher ratings than it deserves. <laughs> uh, first of all, it's British, which means all the things about, I don't know, I don't know, Great Britain writers, are, I don't know if they're just weird or what. The things they find important or the things they find are, are just weird. So <laughs> we spend far too long in this novel. This novel is about a woman who is a flight attendant and her plane gets taken over by terrorists. And okay. they threaten they're going to crash the plane unless she does what they tell her to do. Interesting premise. That's why I picked it up. Like, okay, that's a neat thing. You know, they, they threaten her daughter. And it's going to be, would you, you know, protect everyone or would you go and protect your daughter? Like, okay, that's a neat premise. That's a yeah. cool design. But we go on for like 100 plus pages that has nothing to do with this, this plot. It has, you know, it's all about the stuff before she gets on this plane. It's all the stuff about her crumbling marriage and about her relationship and about her history and about all this. It's like... I don't care. <laughs> Remember how I said, you know, these books need to just be what they are as opposed to trying to be something that they're not? And this book right. is trying to be something that it's not. Right. And I, I find this is a common theme with British authors. I go back to that point, And maybe I'm crazy. I'm sure there are fine British authors out there. <laughs> but the things they tend to spend time on are things like this is ridiculous ridiculous you know the, the, her marriage is falling apart and i don't know if this is a big spoiler or a big twist i i don't know because who cares but, uh, <laughs> but the guy's marriage she, her marriage is falling apart with her husband um because she thinks he has had an affair with an au pair you know and instead of him telling her the truth that no he's not having an affair with an au pair he has a gambling addiction he would rather watch his marriage fail and fall to pieces than to just be honest and say no the issue isn't i'm sleeping with this woman the issue is I'm in a huge amount of debt from gambling. You know, it's like, I, I guess, I mean, I guess human nature, you can hide that. I mean, I guess. But I'm going back to the original point of who cares? Why is this in a story about a plane hijacking that's being threatened to slam into a building? Right. You know, what, what does this matter? It I, has to do with her daughter. I mean. Yeah, well, especially, I mean, why would flashbacks matter at this point in time? And, you know, yeah, you want the thriller of the story. And then maybe you do kind of come to a con climax or something with all of that and then like say she gets off the plane i don't know like i'm just spitballing ideas here of like sure. ways to make this better or ways like then she gets off the plane and like goes back to her regular life after all the excitement and like you see all this other stuff happen then maybe and it's, it's constantly the but, stuff that from the past that they're trying to drudge forth which like there is no need for any of this this is a lot of it is just lip service i mean the, she filling saves, pages oh yeah i mean <laughs> i think i put in my review that it's at 330 pages this thing feels extremely bloated yeah. um i i james patterson i keep coming back to him because this is the same kind of this is his kind of writing don't like the man, but he has this down to a science. Mm -hmm. He, again, writes three a month. Uh, look it up. I, I dare you. I, no, he <laughs> writes at least two or three a month. You know, And he keeps them all within that 250 to 300 page range. And this is why. Because that's mm -hmm. about the perfect length where you can read it in one or two, maybe three settings. 
right? And your brain doesn't have enough time to catch up and realize, this is the stupidest thing I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> your, your brain isn't on. I, I think Hitchcock, when he wrote, read movies, he called it fridge logic. You know, mm. it's got to be so fast that they don't have time. They don't realize the plot holes until they're back at their house opening the fridge to get a snack. And that's when they realize, oh, wait a minute. That movie part didn't make any sense. Right. You know, I think that's what uh, Hitchcock uh, called it, <laughs> is if you've ever looked at I've tropes. never looked at that. That's yeah. interesting. Hmm. But uh, what I really liked about this one, what I thought was really cool, was the bad guys are actually eco-terrorists. Uh, they, okay. they want change for the environment. It's like, oh, wow, someone who's finally willing to be a little honest about eco-terrorism, you know, right. people who are doing these things. And, and it's almost comical because these people are, I don't know if they're supposed to be like scary or intimidating. They're morons. <laughs> <laughs> they, so they hijack this plane, right? And they're going to slam it into, I think it's a building. I think it's the Sydney Opera House, if I remember right, which is like, oh, okay, whatever, you know. <laughs> and their, their demand, what they want is for legislation to be passed by British Parliament that the net uh, carbon emissions will be zeroed out in five years instead of ten years. And it's like, oh, what? <laughs> you took over a plane for this? You could have petitioned your government for this. <laughs> you took over a plane. It, it's like, I, 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 I don't know what to say with this. <laughs> You're trying to get legislation passed. So you perform acts of horrible terrorism. And, it, and it's incredibly honest about the eco-terrorists because not only is their plan completely off-the-rails nonsense at this point in time. <laughs> it also shows that um, he recruits, the leader recruits these people by going on Facebook and finding them at their weakest points, by finding them at the point where they need someone to help, and manipulating them. Uh, oh. He radicalizes a child at one point in time. He takes advantage of a woman who's not happy at home. You know, it's all these things. It's like, this is actually far more, and I mean, it's a cult. And he even right. expresses it as a cult. This author does, as Claire McIntosh does. At one point in time, the one of the eco-terrorists actually says a prayer to the earth. And it's like, wow, this guy is actually being incredibly honest about these people and their climate change views. It's right. Like, That's actually really solid. <laughs> so like I said, I'm probably going to end up liking this far more than it probably deserved. <laughs> it's not really very good, but it was nice to see that um, fresh honesty in there. Right. There was some honest treating of different subjects that anymore don't get any honest treatment at all they're the untouchables of right. you treat them with kit gloves and i mean uh, anything that's not bowing down to the climate i mean catastrophe that's uh, supposed to have happened six years ago you know is, yes is and nonsense. al gore how many years ago was his prediction yeah, and how many years, years before ago, that was yeah, yeah. But, you know, she takes it an honest look at it, and she kind of ripped them apart in a very, I don't know, I would say very subtle way. You know, right. You have to be kind of paying attention. <laughs> so the book's not great, but I thought it was worth a read, and it was interesting. It kept me going because of that. Right. I was willing to finish it because she was honest about that. So my last book I have tonight is one called Final Girls by Riley uh, Sager, Mersager. I'm not sure how you... I believe he pronounces his name, Riley Sager, Final Girls. So I enjoy horror movies. Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm not a horror movie nut that seems to exist <laughs> out there. I don't, you know, seek them out. I don't get to watch them often. But I enjoy a good scary movie sometimes. So if you're not familiar with the term Final Girls, it's from horror movies. Okay. It's the last girl. Because I am one that is totally not right. familiar with it because I'm the person that, like, the only time you do watch a horror movie is when I'm 
nowhere near bed. You're usually yeah asleep uh, for a nap, <laughs> and I get a chance on a Sunday afternoon or something to fire up a, a good scary movie. And, While you're you know, yeah doing some other little hobby or whatever, right. you, you get know. to kind of usually laugh at it because they're so laughably dumb. It's just fun to watch. <laughs> but a final girl is the last girl that the bad guy hasn't killed yet, and she ends up fighting him off and being the one to survive. It's a mm-hmm. it's a trope, a uh, stereotype from these movies, and you can typically find out who they are. Uh, horror movies. Uh, let's go a little bit into this background here because this is fun and the book is not worth talking about horror oh. movies are far more worth talking about so this book is that's abs- pretty bad <laughs> this book is absolutely terrible you know i'm expecting to play with this final girl theme i'm expecting to play with horror movies i'm expecting to play with this trope to meet this girl who's you know become tough and angry about this or something and instead i get a cozy mystery where these two women meet and talk about a baking blog for about 300, 400 pages. It's oh, like, my. You've got to be kidding me. I was expecting, you know, a <laughs> horror novel of some kind, and I got, at best, what I could describe a cozy mystery. It's like, this was horrible. <laughs> if you're trying to be scary, <laughs> yeah. oh, no, there's a typo on the blog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you've got to be kidding. This is what you're going with this? You know, I got, I, and I'll be honest with you, this is rare that I do this on this show, but I didn't even finish this book. Got about mm-hmm. halfway through it. It's like, this is clearly not worth my time and yeah. I put it aside um, we hadn't gotten the, the, the most interesting part is what made her a final girl is the scene at the they're riffing on Jason what they call it Castle Pines as opposed to uh, is it uh, Sleepaway no that's a different horror series um, oh hopefully someone out there will correct me don't but, look at me <laughs> no, yeah, I'm sure it'll hit me one of those things fridge logic right it'll uh, yeah. hit me later um, two in the morning you'll be like oh it's called this and I'm gonna be like that Crystal nice. Lake Camp Crystal Lake that's what it's called <laughs> this one's called in the book it's called Pine Cottage and there's a cool scene there and you know it's coming but it never gets there she never actually describes it and you know there's a big twist coming in this novel and it's gonna be like right in the last 10 pages this cool cool, cool neat twist is gonna happen and you don't know what's gonna happen and it's like I don't care anymore. I honestly don't care. You know, they, they could both be hitting out by a, you know, a freak deer monster Wendigo thing. And I don't care. You know, this was so bad and so boring. And I find final girls, the interesting and the trope, I find them very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, That just is something that's, is kind of a neat thing. And if you study horror movies, uh, it's they're they're, They tend to be all about sex. They tend to be all about, um, Mm. uh, so, I don't know how much into this you want to get. But the final girl is typically always the virgin, the one who doesn't have sex or refuses to have sex. Okay. You know, and that's how she, she ends up living. Uh, it's all, these are geared towards teen boys. And so it's all about sex. If you start looking into it and reading into it just a little bit and analyzing these things, that's why they're fun to watch. Um, they also tend to have a lot of nudity and sex in them, which mm. makes them less fun to watch. But, you know, to start picking them apart and analyzing them and psychoanalyzing them, it's like these are kind of interesting. So I thought this book would be a fun romp and you get to play with those. I have another one I'll talk about in a couple episodes where they do it well or they – not well. They do it better at least. And I'll right. talk about that one. Uh, so – but I was not a fan. I thought uh, Final Girls fell well short of what I was hoping for. Well, I mean the fact that you didn't even finish it is speaks oh. loudly to the fact that – I mean it's – I mean, you will put down books, but usually you like, oh, I'll tough it out. I'll finish it, see what happens. And Definitely. to have a do not finish is just a... A, a book like this, that is, again, it's supposed to turn my brain into neutral and just not have to think about it. And why would I not finish it? I mean, what's it matter? Right. It, I, I can breeze through 100 pages in, you know... A in, day, in a day. Or Why not just finish it? Because this thing is so boring that 
I don't want to pick it up. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I have a choice to pick up my phone or pick up this book, and I'm picking up my phone every time, and that tells me this book's not worth finishing. Right. So that's, you know, end of the day, that's what it's all about, is you got to find something that you enjoy reading. It's the only thing to yep. find to read. So anyway, two books I enjoyed, Hostage and uh, The Book of the Dead, and a book that I would tell you to skip is called Final Girls. Uh, I am Nick, the Game Schooling Dad, with me is my wife Amber from AmbitionsForChrist.com. You can reach us at Amber at AmbitionsForChrist.com. Make sure you find us on Facebook, like, subscribe, uh, reach out to us, drop us a line, tell us you're listening. This has been the Family Bookshelf. Thanks for hanging out with us.